Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? Yes, we have Micah McDonald, guest star and fan favorite on season five of Selling Sunset, multi-million dollar property developer, entrepreneur, and owner of a Mezcal bar in LA. And we're excited to have him on, so welcome yes. to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you guys. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. <laughs> you know, I always like to start the show up kind of same way. Last couple of years have been rough for a lot of people, um, but especially in the business and entertainment industry. Okay. So how have you kind of gotten through this and how did it affect you? Wow. So you're exactly right. So the last two years have been wild for everybody, right? So mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of different industries and a lot of different businesses. And I've just found that you have to be extremely flexible and kind of get out of get out of the box a little bit to make sure that you're kind of catching your audience or your target <laughs> markets or whoever in a, in a different way. Because a lot of things. Yeah. Change, yeah. Right? So the way we were used to doing things didn't really work anymore. So you had to kind of mix it up and just make things work like doing Zoom calls or videos or things like that. So just staying kind of really flexible, um, coming up with more creative solutions. Some of the things you just can't really uh, guard against, so you just have to deal with them. <laughs> kind of like kind of like some of the costs in the real estate development. I mean, some of the supply chain issues as well. I mean, some of those things you just can't get around. So you've got to have a lot of patience too, because some of the stuff you just can't really, you know, prepare for. But you know, stick to it, get through it, and 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 kind of get to the other side of stuff. But and commercial been, real estate's being tough right now. Real estate in general, just with the supply chain, cost of different things. I was working in development in Orange County, like in Laguna, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I've had that property for a little while. So wow. just in the quotes and bids I was getting pre-pandemic until now are just completely different. So wow. we're just seeing a lot, a lot of those issues. You know, they create a new, is it creating a new baseline for us that we're going to kind of, or is it going to, or is it going to settle and drop a little bit? I mean, I think it's kind of created a new baseline, right? That's what I, because you know, prices never go down. Exactly. Once, once <laughs> you're true. able, once you're able to charge a certain price, why are you going to back off? Right. So same thing with yeah. commercial, commercial leases, residential leases. I've never had one of those where, you know, the owner came back to me and said, you know what, this lease is up. I'm going to lower your monthly. <laughs> not happening. Not happening. You guys, have, you've been great. Let me go ahead and lower that for you. It's never lower. It's always higher. So I think it's just yeah. creates a new baseline, but you've got to be super flexible and patient. Just yeah. be creative and yeah. how, how you work through stuff and really keep an eye on the future. I mean, if you do stuff the same way that you used to do it and continue, you're at some point in time, you're going to get overtaken by somebody else. So you have to really keep your eye on the future and where things are moving as well. You know, that's like us, you know, we launched this show January of, of 2020. So mm -hmm. a couple months before everything happened and had no idea what was coming. Um, and original plan was maybe a hundred interviews first year. And then everything gets shut down. And I'm sitting there watching all of our artist friends get shut down. Cause when we first started the show. It was, uh, it was an up and coming country music show interview show. Oh, wow. That was kind of with the show. And I was like, you know what? This just opened the door to everything entertainment um, because everybody needs a place to talk now. And we're going to give it to them. And because of that, we're at almost 600 interviews since January 2020. Amazing. Amazing. I love it.
it's been a crazy adventure and if and you know what one day if we become the size of a bobby bone show or something like that um we'll owe we'll kind of owe the pandemic that because i i really don't believe we would be where we are today with this show if it weren't for the pandemic there's that's an amazing point there's so many people that you've been able to see that have already been very successful in what they were doing mm-hmm. but it's but it's really like kind of rocket launched them to even be more successful you look at somebody like Tony Robbins, who is already amazingly successful. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. One of my personal favorites. I mean, I, I, I listen to everything he does, but he's been able to take his primary business that he was massively successful at. And because of pandemic, not, you know, take it on the chin, but figured out a way to like evolve past it. He's doing, he, he's, he was already massively successful, <laughs> but he's already, yeah. he's reached such a bigger level and he's reaching so many more people, which is ultimately his goal is to reach and help as many people as possible. So, mm-hmm. and it's pandemic that launched him in a direction to make things more accept, you know, accessible to more people exactly. uh, online. Because you're willing to take a risk now. Absolutely, absolutely. Where before it would be four or five days, I'd go see one of his events where he performed, where he was in person <laughs> and all which he was already reaching a lot of people, but now it's, and who, who knows at what point in time he would have kind of pivoted and went that direction if it wasn't for pandemic. That's one example. So many people have, have, have been able to, to really kind of rocket launch themselves and do so well. That's like, we have artists friends that, you know, before the pandemic, it was all about their local shows that they play across the nation. Now, even though when pandemic happened, they went, you know, online and all that and did a lot of shows, but now they're combining it to where they still do their in-person things because that's where it's yeah. at. But at the yeah. same time, they can plug in that phone, put a tripod up, and now they're, the world can watch the concert right along with their local people. Absolutely. It's like they just created a, n- a new revenue stream, right? A new business. Exactly, because yeah. you can charge, say, five bucks for, for people around the world. And you know what? If you get a thousand people to say, you know what? I'll pay five bucks to watch you. Well, you just made five grand, which you where you might would have only made a few grand that night. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or, if, or if they take it one level further and perform in the metaverse. I think... Uh, <laughs> We had oh, Justin yeah. Bieber, you know, perform concerts in the metaverse. It's even another revenue stream. So, no, it, it's 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 been wild. A lot of people, unfortunately, have, have, have kind of been hurt in, in a lot of ways because of mm-hmm. pandemic. But you found other people who've been able to really excel. So, you know, exactly. it's, been, it's so, been an interesting time, but it's got some good and bad in both sides. So you've been an entrepreneur for a while. Um, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to be a business owner and all that? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that you could actually make it as an entrepreneur? Oh, wow. So the click part, so make it as an entrepreneur. That's an interesting question because if I look at it from a very honest perspective, and I think it's part of kind of like my upbringing, where I came from. I think I'm still on that journey. Like it's a constant, never ending journey because I don't feel like I've made it. <laughs> like yeah. I, 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 I'm still, you know, I'm still so hungry and so aggressively t- trying to work towards more goals. And it's almost like once I achieve one, it's not like, oh, I've made it as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, yeah it's it's i'm already looking to the next one and i'm and i'm still so hungry to try to succeed i don't think i'm there i I think i'm still on the journey to to feel like i've i've you know made it as an entrepreneur that keeps you fresh 
it keeps me hungry. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me working hard. Um, and so much of it is just that drive to continue to like work hard and excel and, and take no's and turn them into yeses. <laughs> so it keeps me massively hungry to, to continue to, to work. Cause I don't feel like I've, I've made it as an entrepreneur. I feel like it's still a journey and I'm on it and I, you know, will I get to that point? I, I mean, I don't know. What will, you know, what will that feel like? You know, I'm not sure. The, the nature has been in me since since I was young. I mean, wow. And, oh, wow. And, I mean, I was my first what I consider my first business is is I was my mom told me I was eight years old. I was told to take the trash out. It was raining a long walk to the dumpsters. I'm walking through the apartment complex with this trash. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. And I was like, if I don't want to be doing it, nobody does. So I'm on the way, so on the way back, I just started knocking on every door. You guys want me to take your trash out? You oh, wow. I'll oh, take wow. your trash out for yeah. whatever, for change. I mean, some lady gave me a cupcake. Like it was, it was just, so I started doing that, you know, mostly every time the weather was bad, but then I remember who gave me money. And how much? And those were the doors. Oh wow! <laughs> those oh, were the doors. Yeah. I was, so it's, always, it's always been in, in my head. Um, it's always been there. Like it's always been my spirit. I, I just always wanted to be able to. It was never about, you know. It, you say you hear a lot of people say it's never about money. I mean, it, it, it is obviously. Unfortunately, we can't. Because you got to make money in order to keep going. Exactly. You can't live on goodwill. But it was always for me. It was like it was independence. It was just financial yeah. freedom and not having to worry about you know, a, a boss or someone yeah. liking me every day of the week of losing a job. And all of a sudden, what am I doing? It was more about the financial independence side of it and, and, and having that freedom more than anything, but it was always kind of instilled in me. You know, you're talking about back then. I can remember back when I was little, I took it a step further than that. I was big. I was, uh, I guess what people would call a mean boss. I was like nine or 10 years old. And I, our apartment complex, um, I had set up to do a lot of lawns there and I did not want to do it. So my dad did it. Well, guess what happened in the next two weeks? That your dad he did, did it? it? He did it again. And, I, and I'm the one that got paid. So he uh, he was my slave labor back then. <laughs> oh, wow. And the whole summer, now granted, the following summer, that changed. But that summer... He did the grass the whole summer, and I'm the one that got paid because I, I, I was like, oh no, and of course we already made promises and all that. He, you know, and I didn't understand back then that you, you make a promise, you need to, you know, fulfill it. I, you know, and to be honest, he should have made me do it, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he was willing to do the work. You learned really quick, really quickly, some of the basic principles of delegating. <laughs> If you have people to do the work, if you do it yourself, you're always confined to how much time you time and energy you have. But if you have other people doing it for you, you scale it. You were learning all the business rules early on. I love it. And had no idea I was learning it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And there's all and there's and there's a lot of people that are willing to do the work, and that's fine too. Like I mean, it's just kind of about that balance. I love it. Now let's talk about that work a little bit. You know, a lot of people they see the glory in you being a business owner, entrepreneur, now reality star, and all that, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to get to your level and above. And I always want to talk about that because I think a lot of times 
people sugarcoat this side of it. They think people are lucky. And let's and, and again, to a degree, people do get some lucky breaks, but it still takes that work ethic to get those lucky breaks. You never get a lucky break without the work ethic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that side of what are some of the sacrifices you've made to kind of get to where you are? Oh, wow. Uh, definitely time. Yeah. I mean, the amount of time, effort and energy whenever you're actively working something and then the mental energy that you're putting into it as well whenever you're not actively working something like i mean i remember just wait you know whenever i was, I was starting kind of a first businesses and you put in um, uh, unbelievably grueling days 15 hours 18 hours 20 hours you're going to sleep but you're waking up two hours later because you're stressed out about what's going on the next day about just wanting it to succeed I mean, the time, energy, and and mental, I guess, your mindset that goes into it is 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 unreal. Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot. In, and, and again, I mean, you're right that without some work ethic, nobody catches the lucky breaks. But those lucky breaks, you don't, you know, they'll crack doors open. Mm -hmm. But then you've got to go through the door. You've got to yeah. stay in the room at that point in time. You've got to realize when it's time to exit that room and go in another room. I mean, there's so much that goes into getting to the point where you're, you know, successful and then staying there mm -hmm. and, and building on top of it. And that's not luck. I mean, it, you hear yeah. there's stories here and there about, you know, people that are lucky. But I don't know. I think it's a lot of work that just gets you into those scenarios and then to keep yourself yeah. there. So but I mean, keep it there myself, is definitely not luck. <laughs> yeah. keep, keeping yourself there is hard. I mean, it, you know, what's the there's a there's an old saying. It's a you know, it's hard to it's extremely hard to get rich, but it's harder to stay rich or you know, literally, you know, trying to continue to build and stay successful and stay smart with, with your investments and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, for me and my journey, it's been hard. It's been hard as hell. Like it has not come easy. Most of my lessons have been learned the hard way. I mean, it was talk about like no life, no personal life, uh no going out i mean i didn't do there was none of that i mean all through my 20s when everyone else was having a good time and having fun like i mean i was so laser focused on you know whatever business i was doing there was there was no social time i mean there there was no uh any of that just because there was just no time for it and nobody really sees any of that like you said you kind of see the results of it and all that has all the kind of the bling and the stardom yeah. around it, but it, it is a never ending grind. And it's, and it's hard mentally because you get no after no after no, and you've got to be able to push through it, push through the times when you're feeling miserable, push through the times when you're feeling like giving up, push through the times when you're like, maybe I should go get the guaranteed secure nine to five job. <laughs> I mean, those are, so it's, it's, it's mentally, physically and emotionally grinding, but mm -hmm. it also, it's all that hard work and all that, pain and angst and everything that kind of shapes you and forges you so that you're better at get, go maneuvering through it as you continue to go through it. So, and it, and you can't, unless you do those things, you don't know how that feels unless you do those things yeah. and put that work in, like you don't know how much it takes to do it. But, but my journey has been a tough one. It has, it has not, it has not come easily at all. <laughs> That's like us, you know, we've been, uh, October will be 20 years married, but we've had financial struggles through our whole marriage. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And we've had financial struggles through our whole marriage. We've mm -hmm. probably launched like a over a hundred different business ideas that all oh, yeah. failed. Mm 
but they kept us afloat long enough to go get to the next one and then you know and then the next one and then the next one so we've always been able to stay afloat barely i mean just barely breathing and you know and so many of my friends through the years would be like just go get a nine to five no i don't want to be controlled I, i would rather live broke and at least have my freedom and to do what I need to do than to be stuck to. And again, nothing wrong for people who want a job. That just wasn't me. Right. And so it was like trying to do this and that. And now several of my friends have come back to me since the show and says, OK, um, they admitted to me that a part of it was jealousy, that they felt like, you know what, they work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And here it is. It looks like on the surface that we had it may even though we didn't. But. Right we had our freedom more than they did. And, right. it, it, you know, but they didn't, you know, where they could go and buy clothes. We couldn't, we lived, we had the same clothes for years. Yeah. Yeah. We sacrificed on the money side where they could go buy the clothes. They could go buy that. They could go. We couldn't, but we had that dream, that vision to keep moving forward that one day we will live that life that we want to live our own way. I love that. I love that. And sometimes, and it's a journey. I mean, sometimes it happens quicker than others. And sometimes it, it like you put in all of this work. I mean, I've been in situations where I put in so much work and it goes nowhere. And then it's like, and then it's like one day, everything just starts to click. And it's all that work that was put in that at any point in time, if you give up or stop, you're not going to get to where you need to be. So you say all these hundreds of ideas, but if you have to go through all of those to get to that hundred and one idea, Mm-hmm. And you don't stick to it, and it's the hundred and one idea that that is your goal that's going to get you yeah. where you spent all this time. And it, if you give up at any point in time, you're not going to get there. So yeah. I mean, but that is that's a that's a mental battle, that's a physical battle. There's a lot that goes into that, and it, and it takes certain people that are kind of cut out of a certain cloth, I think, to to really to really put in that work to get where they need to be. And it's not and sometimes for everyone. You get so, and sometimes you get so far in to where sometimes that holds you together a little bit because then you're like, you know, like with our show, for instance, you know, um, there have been many times I've wanted to quit this. I'm like, it's not growing the way I need it to grow. It's like this and that. And she would pull me off the ledge and all that. Thank God for wives that she'd pull me off the ledge. But, <laughs> but now we're at this point to where, well, if we quit, we've done almost 600 interviews, including many celebrities and all that. We would always wonder what if. Exactly. We're in too far now. Now, granted, some people would say, well, if you're if if it doesn't work and it never is going to work, then it's better to quit earlier. But I'm like, no, what if it works? (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. That regret. I mean, having I've always been just of the mindset that I would much rather do it and fail and have no regret Mm -hmm. than to not do it and have the what ifs. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to live with a what if or whatever. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I may go into some, some businesses that I, I have no business being in or know nothing about or whatever, but I'd rather try to learn and, and succeed at those than there. Cause there's a reason a spark gets in your head to go for something like that. So I'd, I'd rather just do it, see what happens. I yeah. just couldn't live with the, the not knowing or the what ifs. So I, I mean, just, I think those things, those are the types of things that are just really kind of ingrained in in real entrepreneurship right and now it's such a it's such a crazy buzzword now right like so many people are like <laughs> it is entrepreneurs and i mean i get it it's i mean it's it's a hot it's a hot thing to be right now to be an entrepreneur but it's 
I mean, well, people are going to be it without the work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and there, and and it's and you just can't have one without the other. And, and you know, a lot of times too, like people our age and above, you know, they see these people who are on TikTok, YouTube, and all that, and they and and I'll, and they'll say, oh, they're just lazy. They're trying to make money easy. And I always have to correct them. I'm like, we've interviewed a lot of TikTok stars and YouTube stars. I'm like, mm-hmm. they work harder than you do. You just might not see uh, it, but they correct. work from sun up to sun down every day. Because again, you see that two minute video, that one minute video, but sometimes it takes 10 hours to make that. Absolutely. And then this, and then they've got to have more and more content. You can't, you can't yeah. drop one video and set back on your heels. You've got to have the next video, fresher content, hotter content. Never ending. I have massive amounts of respect for the people and, and spending a lot of time in LA, I know a lot of those people that are in social media and they're doing really well now. So you see people like, oh my gosh, look at all their following. Look how much money they make a month. These people have been grinding for eight years, nine years, yeah. 10 years. This, I mean, it's the same as people who put work in for businesses. Like everyone looks at the social media. And, and again, there's, I mean, there's these, there's one-off stories that everyone hits the lottery. So, you know, <laughs> we're a TikToker. All, that's all, not so normal. You, you become famous overnight, but that's also like being the LeBron James in the world. Like there's not, there's one of those, like there's not a lot of those. Most people are having to put in massive amounts of work. The people I know in social media, TikTok, Instagram, that are killing it now. I mean, they put in 10 years or they've been at it forever. I mean, they've and been- even the overnight successes on social media. What If you really do the backup of their story, um, you would actually see that they they might have worked hard in another arena. Absolutely. So they paid a lot of dues way before. The thing, and then they just applied what they learned there to this and it just exploded. Absolutely. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it. You can't cut the corners on just the hard work. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard as hell. It's not easy. And it so how did massive. Selling Sunset happen? How did it? Yeah, for you. So being uh, being in L.A. a lot. So I had I done some real estate development in Texas. I came out to L.A. Um, and in in, <laughs> in kind of like my nature. So I just dive into the deep end. Right. You think I do like a couple smaller houses. The first project I did in Los Angeles is nine thousand square feet, <laughs> you know, in the hills of Beverly Hills. So, uh, but, but being out here, um, and then I was getting to the point where I was going to launch the Mescal business and just kind of creating a network where I met Emma and Emma, as everyone knows, does real estate out here, but is also a boss in all other aspects of the stuff that she does as well. So she has, uh, an empanada company, um, and is very much kind of in the food distribution industry. So met her and started kind of collaborating on, on ideas because of the Mescal business that I'm working on. Um, and I've never done anything quite like that. So there's a lot of synergies and similarities between the two. So obviously that rolled into introductions to a lot of the other folks on Selling Sunset, Jason. Uh, yeah. off and off. So those those folks and then developing the house that was on season five. That was obviously a perfect match to, wow. to have the house on on season five. And it was it was, you know, perfect timing. I'm a very big believer in timing and energy and when things are just supposed to kind of work out they do it works and the timing of that was perfect so the house was finishing up right whenever they were kind of filming and i'd already developed and fostered some relationships within the group uh you know a few of the people on the show so it was it was perfect timing and it all just kind of worked very naturally and organically there was not a lot not a lot of kind of moving around it just all fell in place 
Love that. Now, as you know, and you, you even talked about a lot of different people there. So, you know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the team behind you. In our opinion, teams never get any love. They don't. On our show, they get some love. So take a few moments and just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. I love that. So out here uh, in L.A. in, in the real estate development world, um, at James Group is Jason Powell, Sonia Powell. They kill it. So from, from the design standpoint to, to project management, all of that good stuff, they're all stars on the team. Um, on Development was the company that built the house that was on season five as well. Omar Nasseri is the, the, the main gentleman who heads that up, who builds a lot of amazing properties in like Calabasas, Hidden Hills. So got him out here to do, to do the project that was on season five. I mean, and then, and then obviously some more ancillary people around there, but that was, that's the main core group. I mean, that basically Jason and Sonia here on the ground all day, every day in LA. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about them. Can't say enough good things about Omar and his, de, de, uh, his construction company. He's amazing as well. So those are the main players, obviously without those, those, uh, people involved and all of it wouldn't be possible and wouldn't have happened. So. I love that you want to give love out to them too, because like you said, there's you a, a lot PR of people team. don't see. There, there's, there's. Oh. Oh, there you are. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> and we can't forget about your PR team too. Right. Oh no, not at all. So uh, Sydney's been doing a great job. Uh, working on, and this is all, all very new to me, right? So I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of, so she's, she's been amazing uh, setting things up and all that good stuff as well. So the team, as far as that's a pretty small team right now, but we'll build on that. We'll work on that a little bit, but she's done an amazing, amazing job so far. You know, like I always tell people, I don't care if you have a team of one or a team of 300, like Justin Bieber has a team is a team and the it takes a village matters. to make it all work. Absolutely. And the better <laughs> that team is, even it's, it's, Quality over quantity always. Exactly. So, oh, yeah. so, absolutely. Now, speaking yeah. of teams, we have a third co-host, our 10-year-old. So Sandy's going to go get him. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> and while she's getting him, because we always have him ask a few questions, while she's getting him, just what's next for you? So a lot of energy is going into uh, the Mescal company. Beso Sagrado is the name of it. Um, a little bit. So the launching of it has slowed down because of some of the issues we talked about before, supply chain all of that good stuff, but it's an amazing mezcal, uh, not tequila. It's a mezcal. So wow. it's an amazing mezcal. That's been about a, a year and a half, uh, down in the Oaxaca region, uh, working on the flavor profile and everything, uh, that goes, that's involved in that. And I'm going to be launching that here to probably targeting. I want to do it the right way. So I'm not rushing, yeah. you know, I'm making sure it's done the right way. So probably towards the end of this year, Kind of, kind of a little bit around New Year's. So that's going to be a big thing coming. And then obviously a lot more in real estate as well. I'm looking at uh, expanding the real estate side of things quite a bit as well. Maybe go into a little bit more the commercial side as well as, uh, you know, multifamily, more like apartment buildings. Yeah. What do you think going on with the real estate right now? I mean, it's like, you know, we plan on eventually moving out to Nashville and boy, that real estate market there is just exploding. Nashville is wild. I've got a good friend out there who's developing out in Nashville and has been for the last five-ish years. That market's exploding. Being from Texas, being from Houston, the Houston market's going crazy. Austin's going crazy. Dallas is going crazy. Southern Florida as well. 
And, you know, a lot of people talk about kind of inflation, the interest rates and all, all of that. Is, you know, I think from a standpoint of real estate, it's always a solid bet to yep. get into. People are always going to need somewhere to live. Yep. And worst case scenario as a developer, I mean, I always plug in every scenario, including if I finish the property and have to carry it and rent it, things like that. So if you do, if you if if you go at it the right direction, I think there's always a win in real estate. Yeah, there's I'm, money I'm, some way with it. Absolutely, I'm loading up on it on my side. Like a lot of people are like, oh, be you know, be nervous, be wary. The the market's gonna you know whatever the bubble, <laughs> this, this proverbial bubble. I'm there's like, not so enough like, homes right now for everybody that's here. That's it, it, the that's exactly. really why the market's crazy. Exactly. This proverbial bubble that's going to pop. I'm like, so what? The people aren't going to need to live like they're always <laughs> going to need to live. And rents continue to always, regardless of the market, regardless of what's going on. Rents yep, rent keeps free. going up. It's going to make it, people say, you know what? I might as well buy. It never goes down. It never goes down. So if you plug the numbers in the right way, then real estate to me is always a very, very strong bet. Right. Hi, my guess. What's very free? How are you? Doing good. Good, good. Mm -hmm. That's What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. Wow. I love food. So I have a, I have a sweet tooth, but if I didn't go into sweets, so right now my favorite food is going to be Italian. I love Italian food, pasta, pizza, love it all. What's yours? Mine's pizza. You know, there we go. There we go. We've got something in common right away. <laughs> I eat it all day long. Pizza. <laughs> I love pizza. Probably eat it more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what's your TV show? My favorite TV show? Um, so I don't watch a lot of TV, but I would have to say Selling Sunset, obviously. Uh -huh. <laughs> Netflix, maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> favorite TV show. <laughs> if you haven't seen season five, definitely go watch it. Because <laughs> what's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Oh, I love it. Sponge, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, still new ones coming out crazy. How long that thing's been out? How many years has it been? 30. Like 30 plus. Oh my gosh. That's wild. And that's still new cool. ones. That's the crazy part. That's that is. I had no idea. I love it. It's a good show. <laughs> okay. So what's favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie. So for, I think it still remains. My favorite movie has always kind of been, it's an older one. It's gladiator. For some reason I've always just loved. It's a movie that I can watch over and over and over again but also like wedding crashers from the comedy side so those are like, <laughs> yeah, those are probably my two like favorite movies those are my go-to's i've watched them a lot what about yours oh oh mine is minutes oh i like it i like it how many times <laughs> do you, how many times have you watched it five thousand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because our, our three-year-old loves them too so we see it all day long every day i mean we've probably watched over the last year like you said, a thousand times. So how many, how much of the movie do you have like memorized at this point? You can probably, you can probably say most of the funny lines. He probably could. I probably could. Uh, the whole family could. You could probably put the movie together yourself. Yeah, that would be a TikTok. Uh. Yeah, it would be. It would be. You might want to look at doing that. That'd be a good one. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one. I'm going to check that one out though. I'm gonna take your rec I'm gonna take your recommendation. I'm gonna see how it is. All right, bye, Nate. Right. It was nice meeting you, buddy. Yeah, trying to teach him early here. I know, right? I love it. I love it. How old is he? Ten. Yeah, ten. He wants Great. to start next year. We're gonna have him start his own little podcast. We already got the name and got already got yeah. the domain and all that. Tick, gonna be called Chit Chat with Chris. 
I love it. And it's going to be like a 10-minute segment. In fact, since it'll be next year, it'll be he's 10 now, he'll be 11, and we'll probably make it like 11 minutes with him, you know, to make yeah. it tie into his age yeah. and have it where he wants to um, kind of interview little celebrity celebrities and stuff. So we'll make it le- – I mean, most people will probably say no because that's the game. But you know what? Some people will say yes. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me let me know when he starts it up. I'll say yes. Oh, we will. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, and, and you know, that, like you were saying earlier about the um, everything that's going on with rejection, I get, pro- you know, I send out hundreds of emails a month yeah, trying to book the show. What we do. And I guarantee you, I get at least 200 rejections a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to yeah. develop a, a thick skin. I mean, it, it can't it can't bother you. It can't yeah. affect, it can't affect you. It can't phase you. And it's the next, I mean, I tell a story to some, to, to several people. I had a deal that I was trying to work out that needed some bank financing. And I went to 57 banks and they all wow. laughed at me. The other half didn't, it, no, no, no. I mean, bank number 58 after a year and 11 months of trying to get a deal set up, finally said, yes. I mean, you have to just have a thick skin and just refuse to take no for an answer and just keep plugging away. Yeah. You're talking about take no for an answer. Now, this is probably going to be a bad analogy right now, but I remember reading um, Donald Trump's story where when he went bankrupt years ago, that he went back to all the bankers and they were like, are you kidding me? Well, we can't give you more money. He, he says, well, we got one of two choices. Either I have no more money and we go fully bankrupt and you get nothing back or you bring more money back to me and then I can grow from here and you have a shot at getting your money back. Exactly. Exactly. But it's that crea- it's that creative thought process and that thinking that I mean makes makes people succeed. Yeah, and so. you got to do what you got to do. I mean, again, you can only grow but so much, and then you you have to then take chances, and you know what that that's what life is. No risk, no reward. Exactly. No yeah. risk, no. Well, that and scared money doesn't make any money. So <laughs> that's true. Just take, just take those two simple mantras and go with them. But I mean, it's a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. What are some things that inspire you? Oh wow. Um, you know that's that's interesting. So I I look at I look at it. It's interesting. I kind of go back and forth on a lot of different stuff right now. Like in in kind of try to reevaluate different things and like where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm very much inspired by watching different people that are giving back in different ways. So I'm very much inspired to try to reach more people like in a very impactful sort of way. I've started recently thinking about uh, putting together a nonprofit and, and uh, a specific kind of, group of individuals that I want to like focus on and help more. But right now I'm most inspired by the ones who have found a way to give back and help other people. So that's become more and more uh, something inside of me that continues to grow as like, as I become more successful and, and although still, like I said, very hungry, I, I realize there's, there's other areas in life. I think that I, I need to, to, to focus some more energy and start to really kind of be more impactful with. So right now I'm mostly inspired by the by folks that I see that are doing a lot in wow. their communities, giving back to certain groups or people. And and whether, I mean, even if you impact one life, one family, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, exactly. you know, yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be millions. No. And, and then there's a ripple effect to things. I mean, 
So you impact one family or two families that then impact another. I mean, there's just a ripple effect that goes from it. So I'm, I'm very inspired by, by folks that I've seen that, have, that are actively really doing things to help other people. Like I seen a, I think it was a TikTok that Steve Harvey did and, and he, it was him and he, and he was searching for this one couple who finally found him, but it was a couple that, that when he was growing up in the comedy sector, um, they kind of took him in. And yeah. one of the years they basically gave him a credit card from their company and said, and he ended up using it specifically for travel for a whole year. He said he built that thing up, but he, he said, if they didn't do what they did, you would not see the amazing brand that Steve Harvey has today. Well, I know. I love that. There's always some sort of catalyst, right? Like that, right? Yeah. Always some sort of catalyst that can, can take you off in a different direction. I mean, you can call it, call it whatever you want. Luck, call it opportunities. Yeah. There's a lot of work. Once, once you get into that situation, you've got to do a lot to like, to gain exactly. some momentum. And there's a lot of stories. I mean, hearing stories like that, Steve Harvey's amazing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, I like, I just binge out on, I was telling your son, I don't watch a lot of TV or movies right now. I yeah. binge out on podcasts. I binge out on oh, people like, yes. like Steve mm -hmm. Harvey. I mean, yeah, he's my them, dream guest. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Someday. I mean, if you look at him and his, his his journey and all the things that he's done and how much yeah. he gives back and just his like mindset and everything is is amazing. Those things inspire me too. I and mean, he I'll almost quit. I don't know if you've ever heard the story, but you should go to YouTube and just look up Steve Harvey Apollo story. It's like okay. ten minutes, but he tells a story of where he basically was quitting. Oh wow! Yeah, and, I did. It, it's, and it was a, and it was you know it's basically how he got on the Apollo. He basically was quitting, and he ended up on the Apollo. So, yeah, Man, see, <laughs> keep plugging away if you keep going. And because of his story, that's that's one of them things where when I get down about where our show is, I'll go to that story and I'll listen. I say, okay, my catalyst is coming, just like his was. It's coming, and so I'll listen to that over and over and like. You know, so okay, I'm back in the right mindset because he that's why he's one of my dream guests that one day we'll have on our show. I'm gonna check that out. What was it called? The uh, the Apollo story? Yeah, basically yeah. just put in Steve Harvey Apollo. You'll okay. it'll and it's 10 okay. minutes. So basically you might see others, but if you see the one that's 10 minutes, that's the one that he tells the story. Nice. And it's amazing. Nice. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. What would you like for your legacy to be in business? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? Oh, wow. Um, you know, respected, respected. You can't, you know, I, I, a lot of different words kind of go into my mind. I try to be kind of thoughtful and think about the question a little bit, right? But, but respected because you're not going to make everybody happy. So from a business standpoint alone, I think it's respected more than anything. Personal, a little bit would I would have a different legacy that I would that I would leave. But yeah. from a business, from a business, it's respect because you can like somebody and have massive respect for them. You can hate them and have massive respect for them. Mm -hmm. So in the business world, I mean, if I could just sum it up very simply, it would be respected. Zach, I love mm -hmm. that. So I got two more questions, then we'll let you get out of here. Um, yeah. um, let's look, say, 15 years down the road, and you're a bigger success than you already are. I mean, whatever success looks like to you, you I like that. It. Keep putting that into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> you've made it. Along that journey, what do you hope you never forget? Where I came from, the root, the roots of all of it, what it feels like to have nothing, 
what it feels like yeah. to be to be hungry, what it feels like to to get a win, get a success. You know, as you continue to, I, at least for me personally, I, I we talked about kind of hitting goals and move. It's it's interesting as you start to hit these goals and become more successful, and like some of these wins don't feel the same way they did whenever. You know, I was just getting, you know, yeah. early wins that weren't that weren't as big as now. So now you make bigger deals and you do this and do that. I think it's so easy to like to not slow down and like and, yeah. and really relish in how much work it took to to cut, to reach a goal. And I don't want I don't want to lose those feelings. I don't want to become kind of numb to it all. And I think it's an interesting thing as you acquire more thing you get more wins you get more and more successful i think it's harder to give you that feeling of accomplishment inside yeah so it's almost like you have to consciously like really feel the journey mm -hmm. slow down enough to 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 feel the wins to feel the joy that comes from them the hard work that gets put in and, and things like that so i definitely don't want to forget that don't want to forget who i am where i've come from yeah. you know the things that were kind of you know, I always use the word just forged by fire. I mean, there were things that went, I mean, it would, you know, sometimes it's like things are hell, but you're forged by fire as a person and that character that's built. I don't ever want to forget that or, or turn my back on that. Love that. So as we close out here, what advice would you give that person that wants to do what you do? Uh, wow. Uh, don't take, I mean, the same thing, do not take no for an answer. You're going to get nothing but no's. If, you, if that affects you or bothers you or you're not able to creatively create solutions, I mean, so much of, as you know, with all the businesses you've started, so much is just creatively thinking out of the box. You have to commit to it and be relentless. And if you can't be relentless and, and you get, you know, everyone gets a little discouraged, but if that head drops and you aren't able to pick it right back up, you know, and, and start going forward, it's going to be tough. So I would just say you need to look inside yourself and be honest with with yourself. And can you take the rejection? Can you take the nose? Can you be can that not bother you? Can you push through when nothing's going your way? Yeah. When nothing yeah. seems to be falling your way? Can you push through if you can and you're willing to put the go for it? But it's going to take it's going to take being able to withstand all of that. So anyone that wants to dive into it, I would say just be honest with yourself. Are you committed? And do you have a thick enough skin to, to take all the rejection and the nose and, and everything along the way? Because inevitably they're going to come and you've got to be able to push through it all. Love that answer. So as we um, close this, tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, right now, uh, basic, easiest way, Instagram. I am underscore Micah, M-I-C-A-H. That's where you can find me. Love it. Make you make it simple, right? For everybody. Make, it, make it simple. Nice and easy. <laughs> nice and easy. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today yes. and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road for updates. Hey, thank you. And then, like I said, when your son's podcast drops, let me know. We I'll definitely, definitely will. will. I'll be there. It's been thank a pleasure. You so guys. Much for your time. Okay. Bye. No worries. Take care.